Okay, guys, I love you all. I love you all. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> God is faithful. He is good. And if I didn't speak to you, that so doesn't matter because I believe with all my heart God did. I believe in His Word is what you want. That's what matters. Can you stand? We're going to get in the Word because I think it's super. I know, stand, sit. I love the obedience in this house. It's pretty awesome. If you'll go ahead and kick over into the Word, let's get into this and uh, talk about the calling of God because now that you've dealt with your issues, you might want to get on with the calling God has in your life. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the Word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. (laughs) Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been released to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Father, we echo that this morning. Speak, we are listening. We are listening, Father. We need your voice. We need your direction, Father, today. I thank you that your word is alive and active, Father, and it brings life into us, Father, when we grab hold of it. And I thank you, Lord, that you hover over your word to perform it. It will not return void unto you, Father, but it will accomplish everything that you are sending it to do today. I speak release, Father, to the gifts, the callings, the talents, the ability in this room, Father, and I speak peace over all who have been seeking you out in this. Father, let all that is of me fall and be forgotten. Everything that is of you stand and produce fruit in our lives consistent with righteousness. In Jesus' name, they all said, amen. Now I'm going to try to slow down my talking just a little bit because I feel like I got a little bit going on here. The call Echo, 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 echo. The call, recognizing, discerning, and confirming. Oh my goodness. I feel like the thing that the Lord has has given me today to bring to you is peace. I feel like the thing that He would have me speak over you and into your lives today is peace. So many times 
We can get caught up in trying to figure out and pursue what's my calling, what's my calling, what's my calling, and we pursue it. I Googled this. I went deep for you guys. (laughs) I Googled it. (laughs) Did you know that there are 306 million references, texts, books, videos, uh, ideas on finding your calling and your purpose? You know what that tells me? There are a lot of lost people out there going, I need some direction. I need some help here. So with that being a given, I would love to tell you that I'm getting ready to share insight that only I have regarding calling and purpose. But I think that 306 million reference might um, undo me there. But I do believe God has something to, to say to us today about this. And first, I just want to say, don't pursue your calling. Pursue Christ because you will find it there. (laughs) You will find it there. And it's not because of anything that you're going to do. You're not going to be so good at singing that God is going to go, hmm, I think I'll call them to sing and lead worship. You're not going to be so good and benevolent that he's like, oh, they are wonderful. I will call them to this. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done. Can you say that? Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. It is because he has a purpose for your life. He has fruit for your life that you've not yet born. And I love this about Eli. It says the the text we read, Eli was getting quite old and it said the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out. Is anybody grateful (laughs) that the lamp of the Lord has not gone out? Is anybody else grateful that he called to Samuel three times? (laughs) Did you all notice that passing text where it said the Lord came and stood there? What? I mean, a voice is one thing, but can you even, I mean, it just blows me away. The persistence of Christ, the persistence of getting to you, of loving you, of opening windows of uh, doors of opportunity for you. Look at this. The one who calls you is faithful and what? He will do it. He will do it. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to do charts about what you're good at. You don't have to make up all of these things and start analyzing everything. Love Him, trust Him, seek Him, and watch Him do this. He who called you is faithful. This is in His hand. Look at this. Look at this. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. How much more those who call on his name? How much more those, God can reveal himself and does reveal himself over and over and over again to every audience. But there are only some who will listen and see what he's doing. But see, he's moving, he's speaking, and he's got it. And all he's waiting for us to do is get in a position to listen, to love him and to trust him, to do what only God can do. Quit waiting for man to open a door for you. And watch for God to point in a direction. That's <laughs> all you got to do. So I speak peace to you as I say, your calling will find you. Your calling will find you. I cannot find it, guys. I searched the scriptures. I cannot find anywhere in the word where it says, seek your calling. 
You got to find your calling. Now, Second Peter does say, make every effort to keep you uh, to confirm your calling, but that's not the word that's used in the actual test text. The actual word that is used there is to make sure, to make steadfast, to cement, to make it firm. Once God reveals to you what you're called to do, then be steadfast in it. Be firm in it. Know what he's called you to do. But then I'm getting ready to really mess with that whole concept too, because I want to tell you that you might not just have one calling. And see, that goes against what the, the world tries to tell us. The world tries to go, now, James, when you're, you're four years old now, what do you want to be when you grow up? And James is going to say a fireman or a policeman or an astronaut. And the pressure starts. I've got to figure out that one thing. I mean, we saw it like in movies. What is the one thing? You got to figure out the one thing. You might have many things. You might have many things because we are multifaceted. We have a God who is multifaceted, who is rich and abundant in so many things. And as I look into this congregation and I look at you, there's not one person in this room that I can go, oh, they're only good at this. Now, they have a word for that. We used to go, oh, they're just double-minded. They don't know what they want to do. That's not true. They just have many gifts. God has poured much into them. God has poured so much into them. The word they have for that now is a multi-potentialite. <laughs> I'm serious. It's in psychology now. They've figured us out. You are a multi-potentialite. I believe anybody who dwells within the presence of God is a multi-potentialite. I believe there is so much flowing from and through God. It isn't that, it isn't that you're interested in everything. You have so many interests. You're an artist. You're a musician. You're, you're a painter. You're a sculptor. You're a veterinarian. You're a, a, a doctor. You have so many things that God has poured into you. Why would I want to go? No, you have to choose one. What if you embraced everything that God has poured into you? What if you took all of those things and the things you learned when you were waiting tables at 16, you were able to use in the doctor's office when you're 20 years old and when you're 20 years old. And I learned more working for an attorney. I learned that I don't want to work for an attorney. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm so sorry, you're right. I can't believe they did that. Anyway, I wasn't very helpful. I would sue them, and they're like, that's why I'm calling. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But God takes everything from all of those seasons of your life, and if you will trust Him, and if you will lean into Him, you'll find that He uses all of those gifts and abilities moving you forward. Your calling will find you. Now, there are some familiar things that he might use. I put the puppy up there because I have this dog. I know you're like, what has a dog got to do with calling? I forgot that was there. I have a, a, a dog. Her name is Scooch. And uh, I know because you just do a little face like this, do a little Scoochy face. And, uh, <laughs> and her actual name was Bella Connie's Toma Inu Lulu. And I got tired of yelling that. Um, <laughs> So scoochy face for short. Um, she finds you anywhere. If you have a dog, if you have a pet, you walk out to your mailbox and you come back in and they're like, you're back. I'm so happy you were gone. And they will find you. It doesn't matter. There's so many videos you can go online and see people hiding behind doors and the dogs are just looking for them. Scooch can't, can barely see anymore. She can barely hear. And 
if I get still, she'll start running circles looking for me because she can't sense it. If, if a little furry buddy like that will search and search and search until he finds me, I promise you that the creator of the universe will find you. I promise you that he will not stop. He will be relentless in his pursuit of finding you and sharing with you as many times as you need what your calling is, what your gift is, what your abilities are. What I want to encourage you to do is to just begin to pay attention to some of the things around you. How do you know what he might be asking you to do or calling you to do? God often speaks through familiar voices with sacred echoes. In this passage of scripture that we just read, when God called to Samuel, don't you find it interesting that he thought it was Eli's voice? Did anybody else think that when God speaks, it's going to sound like this? (laughs) Boom! You're like, that's God. Samuel thought it was Eli. But see, the scripture tells us why, because it says that he hadn't come to know the word of the Lord yet. He hadn't come, hadn't been revealed to him yet. But I also know that sometimes the word of the Lord is going to come to us through very familiar voices. It's going to seem familiar because God is going to place people in our lives that are able to speak into our lives in such a way that there are sacred echoes. There are sacred echoes that when somebody speaks into your life, one of my friends, Mary Sigmund, some of y'all may know her, golly, back in the mid-1990s, she was teaching a Bible study and she wasn't going to be able to teach that morning and she asked me to teach. And and so I did and, and I taught and Back then, they had these things called paper legal pads. And she had taken on the corner of a piece of, of, of legal pad and on the bottom of it, while I was teaching, I'm like, what is she doing? After it's over, she slid this piece of paper, just a little jagged piece, and she said, you, my friend, are a teacher. So I wanted to dump it back to her. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I wanted to. But I folded it up and I put it in my wallet. And I'm like, I love her. I respect her. If that's something that she had, you know, I respect what she carries. And then I totally disregarded it until a few weeks later when a couple of other ladies in the church were causing issues. Not really. (laughs) Pastor Ronnie called myself, Jeannie Gibson, and Mary Singman into his office. And like I said, it was probably because of them. And... um, (laughs) But in that encounter, (laughs) you weren't saying anything, right? You're like... In that encounter, he looked at, I mean, man, when God speaks, it just kind of pierces through where you're sitting, you know? And uh, God has used him over and over in my life to do that. And he looked at Mary Sigmund and he said, Mary, you are an administrator. You have a gift in this. And he looked at Jeannie Gibson and said, you have a gift of hospitality. And then he looked at me and he said, and you are a teacher. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But I hyperventilate when you say that word. Um, but that I was carrying that piece of paper still with me. And so I knew when he said it, I didn't, I, it's not that I'm, he, he didn't say you're going to be a great teacher. <laughs> he just said you're going to be a teacher and I'm clinging to that level. <laughs> but the thing about it was it resonated in my spirit because even as a child, I kept thinking, Lord, I don't like pastors. I don't like preachers because they, they freaked me out. They scared me. They talked about hell a lot, and I didn't hear a whole lot about grace. And so th- there was nothing in me that hid anything that was attracted to that at all. But man, the word teacher, I would watch a little felt board Jesus, and I'd be like, oh, he's teaching, you know, and I'd think, God, I, 
I want to teach. I could teach, Lord. I, that's something that you do that I want to do. And so I would hear a good teacher and everything in me would wake up and I'm like, how did they get that? How did they figure that out from that? Jesus wept and they just did a whole hour on it. And I'm like, what? Um, but that's because God awakens that in you when he does it through these voices, your friends, your parents, your parents, you parents, you look at your kids and you go, oh, you have this gift. Aaron, my son, Aaron, he is just a gifted musician. Play it for him once and he can pick it out on a guitar and, and nail it. You know, Matthew's brilliant in another sense. He's like organized, <laughs> a gift I don't understand very well. And uh, he's like the most amazing dad and, and he loves his wife well. I mean, he's just a good guy. And Katie is like this beautiful flower that just blooms. And, and we see these things in our children and we need to speak it over them. We need to let them know what we see. You know, we need to let them know what we see because the world's going to tell them what they see. And you want them obeying and moving toward the things that God has given them. Listen to those voices. Listen for that echo. The next way he speaks or another way, he speaks through doors of opportunity. And can I tell you, one of the things that actually, there are arguments to be made for both sides. But when a door of service, an opportunity opens for you to go, we have this need and and could you possibly, Pastor Ronnie, reference the nursery? And I'm not talking about the nursery today unless God puts that on your heart. Um, but so often you hear people go, I'm not called to that. How do you know? How do you know? Sometimes they're not asking you to, to pitch a tent and live there. They're just asking you to serve for a while. And see, sometimes God opens a door of opportunity for you to serve in that area because there's somebody in that area that is going to release you into that area and somebody in that area that's going to release you into that area. And if you say no here, you're never going to get to here. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It's the way it works. And, and, and a lot of times it's just God seeing if you're willing. What Are you willing to step where there, you need to step? Pay attention to doors of opportunity. Very often we're so quick to close them when God's going, oh, I wanted you to meet her. God speaks through your talents, your gifts, and your anointing. He doesn't give you a talent and go, that is what you're going to do the rest of your life. Or to uh, give you a gift and go, you're going to walk in a gift of healing, and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life for a season. There are seasons in our life. When my children were young, I could not do what I'm doing now. I couldn't. God would never release me in that. My first calling was my babies. It's... <laughs> I still want to be that mom, but they're in their 30s and they buck against it. I don't understand. <laughs> and I have such insight if they would just listen. <laughs> in your season, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. You just have to listen for his when and now and move toward it. Let me, let me just clarify this for you just a little bit. Talents are special abilities that make you marketable to the world. Talents are things that the world goes, ooh, ah, and it'll open doors. One of the wonderful things about the, the theater here is we have so many gifted or talented people, and it opens doors and people come in who would never come in just to, to sit in here on a Sunday morning. But the talent draws them, and then the talent draws them in, and the Lord goes, ooh, gotcha. 
Because somebody comes up and they love them. And somebody comes up and uses the next thing, the word gifts, and begins to woo them toward the Father, uses the gifts of the Holy Spirit and that. Talents, the world will spit, will chew you up and spit you out with your talent. It, will, it wants to, it markets you. you. You're a gifted singer, so you must go to Nashville. Or you might lead worship. The world desires talent. Gifts are endowments from God designed with the purpose of enriching and deepening your service in the kingdom. These are things, these are endowments. These are things that God has poured into you. These are things that you did not study a book and go, ooh, now I am compassionate. You didn't go, well, I have just learned the four steps of being kind. I now know. No, these are things that God has placed in you. And these things cause you to move in certain directions in your life. Four of my sisters are in the medical field. I don't like sick people. <laughs> Oop, did I say that out loud? Um, they're in the medical field. One like, you know, it was paramedic and, and they're nurses and administrators and all of this. And I could pass out at the side of blood. And I'm like, God, we had the same parents. What's the deal? That's what he put in them. They are caregivers. Caregivers. Oh, my goodness. If you've ever needed one, there is no higher calling. If you've ever needed someone in those moments. Your, your gifts, your endowments that God has wired you toward, they will lead you toward your calling if you will pay attention to it. But here's the kicker. Anointing is the oil that God pours over and rubs into gifts and talents. Without it, your talents don't matter and your gifts don't matter. They're going to profit you very little without the anointing of God on them. With the anointing of God, the smallest thing becomes huge. With the anointing of God, everything shifts. That voice that's like, oh, that's a nice voice. Is Brittany Grisham in the room? I tell you what, Brittany's voice, when she just, I mean, she just goes, no. <laughs> and the room shifts because of the anointing on her life. And it's an inherited anointing because her mama's got it too. And, uh, but there's something about the anointing of God that takes our meager gifts, that takes those small things that we can offer and blows it out of the water. Seek God. Ask Him. It's like the kiss of God on anything. You want the anointing of the Lord. Talents and gifts, that, that, that's fine. That's good. You'll be productive. But if you want major fruit, major change in the oil of God, this is where you go. Now, let me throw a little caveat in there. Could does not equal should. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. You might have the gifts and the abilities to do something, but you've got to listen to God. That's the primary. You've got to listen to the Lord. I've shared this with you before, but several years ago, before my mom passed, there was always just kind of this assumption, this, this thought, this process. My mom was a pastor, had pastored for many, many, many years. And there was this, she wanted me to come and take the church. And so when she passed and she wanted, and I totally get that. I totally understand that. And there's a huge part of me that wishes my heart could have gone there. And, but she would bring it up and I would kind of laugh it off. 
You know, I would just kind of say no without being serious about saying no because you don't want to hurt anybody. It, you just don't. And she had gotten some news about her health that we didn't know about, and I didn't know she had called me, and she asked me to come and sit with her. And uh, I knew that that question was coming again. And I, and I did. I sat across from her, and she said, Barbie, are you sure you're not supposed to come and take the church? And everything in my flesh thought, this is what she needs. This is what she wants me to do. Everything in my flesh went, I, I should do this. I could do this. But everything in my spirit went, I didn't call you to that. I didn't call you to that. And, and I was able to look at her and go, Mama, I'm not called to do it. I can't do it. Do you know that when you accept something like that, that you all of a sudden have to start doing it in your flesh if God didn't call you to really pour into it? And I know this much. I know, I know I'm not a senior pastor. I know that that's not my gift and that's not my anointing. I watch Pastor Ronnie day after day after day after day, week after week after month after month after year after year after year, standing up here and bringing his word and delivering it and loving you, marrying your kids and being at your funerals and, and doing all of the things that he does. And, and he does it with such grace and, and such anointing. I don't have that. I don't have that, and I know that. It's when, when he sends out the sermon schedule and I'm on it like twice and a quarter, I hyperventilate, and uh, I'm not called to that, and I'm good with that. I, I, I like staying in the lane that God has given me because I know that's where his anointing is in my life. And that's what I pray for you, that you would know where his anointing is in your life and that that would be the path that you would pursue toward him. Be the best at whatever he calls you to be and find peace in that. God speaks from a place of rest. You don't have to run and chase and do in order for him to speak to you. The wonderful thing about Samuel, it says, go back to bed. And this time when he speaks, just say, Lord, I'm listening. God will speak to you in the night watches because for most of us, that's the only time he can get our attention. He will speak to you in night watches. Rest and know that he is able to find you. And finally, ultimate revelation will come through your connection to the word. It's going to come there. That's where your confirmation's coming. That's where your surety's coming. You get in the word and God will reveal himself to you. He will reveal his will to you and he will reveal you to you. So you find your connection to the word and trust that God will bring revelation in your life. Amen. 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 Can we just say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> God is good. If the musicians would come. Father, I thank you for your word. God, there is nothing like it. There's not a program, a plan, anything that can, can lead us like your word. So Father, I pray that you just hover over it to perform it. Seal it today, Father. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen.